one of the all-time favorite shows. The Man in the Wilderness. The Man in the Wilderness said to me, how many strawberries grow in the sea? I answered him, as I thought good, as many as herrings grow in the wood. The Man in the Wilderness said to me, how many stars in the sky, said he. I stare at the moon till it makes me shiver and wonder and wonder who made forever. The Man in the Wilderness said to me, Who's that breathing in the sycamore tree? Who goes by the, its silver hoof, rattling windows, tapping the roof? When you're lying in bed at night, what's the thing like? <laughs> Sorry. When you're lying in bed at night, what's that thing like slithery light that slides through the curtains and down the wall, under the door and into the hall? like a flat star falling out of the sky whenever a car goes driving by. What's that ticking in the central heating? Whose heart is that so loudly beating? The man in the wilderness said to me, how many buckets would empty the sea? Who's who's that crying in the cold night air? Who, 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 who goes there? How many strawberries? How many stars? Herrings, owl cries, passing cars. How many galaxies more or less? Oh, go away, man in the wilderness. Gillian Clark. Stranger danger, danger would dull. Stranger danger. I kind of liked the way it was like the man in the wilderness is asking me loads of questions. And then at the end, it's kind of like, would you just fuck off? Yeah, I know. He really loses the plot. And by the end, like, fuck off and try and sleep. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Trick or Treat Thursday, y'all. We are halfway through. We're more than, yeah, we're more than halfway through. This is yeah. episode two. And so just like that with Grace's lovely poem for her intro, I'm going to give you two stories to ponder over. And then we'll be talking to you again, assuredly. So this first one is called Look at Me. Which always makes me think of that Jerry Halliwell song. Oh my God, as, I was just about to sing it. And I was like, don't do it. No, it's in my head. And I was like, it has to come out. It has to come out. So that's what this horror story is. It's Jerry Halliwell's solo tour by herself. <laughs> she should have never left them. How dare she? How fucking dare she? That was a rough time. What was that? The year 2000, wasn't it, when she left? That was a rough time. And actually, in fairness... <laughs> Staying on this topic, but off topic of Mm -hmm. no horror, um, there was a there was a couple of parts like documentary. I think was from Channel Four on the Spice Girls, and like you were saying, yeah, they were actually like really, really nasty to her. See, that's it. It's it's these are this is from back in the day. Like they answered a newspaper ad, five people get together, never met, never met each other. Like you have this in the kind of in the crack of like girls allowed now and bands off the X Factor where you're just four or five people or whatever thrown together. And then it's like, well, you have to work together. We need you for the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and then it's like you're spending the better half of a year together either in a recording studio or in cramped like buses or whatever traveling doing a tour and I mean like at the best of times you'd be fighting with anyone you knew your whole life like but this is like a practical stranger who's now become like your sister yeah yeah and it was like it was when they had finished that like that she was gone they were just kind of like me and I was like oh I didn't realize that they were so nasty well you see this probably like she was herself and Mel B had the biggest attitudes and then the biggest personas and probably like Highlander you know there can only be one and Scary Spice got her kicked out and then I'm sure everyone was like well we need only one and I mean I'm sure she had Scary Spice as a name for a reason if she scared the shit out of everyone else oh no like Jerry left on her own accord or was she pushed it was crazy yeah so I would if (laughs) if you're like us and like babies of the 80s but children of the 90s and you really want um really 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 want (laughs) something to watch um that's actually quite good but getting back to horror (laughs) so back to look at me it'll make sense people if you want to listen to it but don't listen to it but uh do listen to this though instead so one evening when i was in my junior year of high school my mom and dad went out leaving me home alone I had a lot of homework to do, so I spent the whole evening sitting at the desk in my bedroom. My parents left the house around 6 p.m. While I was doing my homework, I put on my headphones and listened to loud music. There was a big storm that night and my desk was facing the window so I could see the rain and the lightning outside. My parents got back around 11 p.m. When I saw their car drive up, I took off the headphones. As soon as my mom opened the front door and came inside, I heard her shout my name. What on earth happened in here? She demanded in an angry voice. Confused, I ran downstairs. My mom was standing in the hallway with a furious look on her face. She pointed to the floor and yelled, was this you? I looked down and saw that the carpet was covered in muddy footprints. I have no idea how those got there, I said. I spent the whole night at my desk doing my homework. I watched as the look on her face changed from anger to confusion and then to fear. We both realized it at the same time. Someone else must have been in the house. <laughs> it's the one thing when you don't know what's happening. Because like that, you could get into like a whole vibe of you're listening to music and you don't see like, you know, the way someone comes into the house and they come upstairs and they're like, hey, and then, you know, like you have a coronary because you didn't know that they were behind you. Yeah. 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 Um, we followed the trail of footsteps, trying to make sense of the whole situation. They started at the back door, which we usually left unlocked. Ah, that's it. That's number one fucking stupid thing that people do. And it happened now. I don't live in the countryside. But apparently in Ireland, possibly in other places in the countryside, it's so common for you to leave your back door unlocked. And it's just how people get killed. It is. So lock your back door, people. Then we noticed something else. The footprints started at the back door, but there was no trail of footprints leaving through the back door. Oh, no. All of a sudden, we hear something, a loud pounding noise that echoed throughout the house. Then the sound of the front door being wrenched open and slammed shut again. Wham! We all ran into the garage and locked the door behind us. My mom took out her cell phone and called the police. Please come quickly, she shouted. Someone's in our house. After what seemed like hours, a patrol car arrived with two police officers, a male and a female. One officer stayed with us in the garage while his partner went through the house. That means that they sent the woman through. Coward. (laughs) 
sorry, searching it room by room. Yeah, she's a badass bitch. When she came back, the female officer told us that there was no one in the house and that it was safe to go back in. As we were all breathing a sigh of relief, she asked, whose bedroom is upstairs on the left? My parents looked at me. It's mine, I told the police officer. She asked us to follow her. As we walked through the house, we could see a trail of muddy footprints leading from the back door, through the living room, through the hallway, up the stairs, into my parents' bedroom, and then towards my room. They stopped at my doorway. The female police officer pointed at my door, which had been open the whole night, scrawled on it, and black marker was the following. 8.47, I see you. 8.53, you forgot to lock the back door. 8.59, you seem focused. 9.24, turn around. 9.47, look at me. 10.15, look at me. 10.37, look at me. 10.49, look at me. For more than two hours, someone had been standing in my doorway watching me. To this day, I still shudder to think what would have happened if I had turned around. Ooh. It's very hot. I'm like scared to look at my door. Look at me. I know that's going to be in my head for like 10 days. Yeah. I was going to have to listen to the whole song just to get it out. So yeah, creepy, creepy. Is it the yeah. peeping going? And um, so I shall get on to the story number dos. Mausoleum. The mansion had belonged to the Eldridge family for centuries. Ambrose Eldridge had lived there alone for most of his life. He was a shy and reclusive old man and he had shut himself up in the mansion. Nobody had seen him for years. When he died, the mansion went to his closest living relative, his nephew, Ellison. After the funeral, Ellison went to the lawyer's office and signed all the necessary papers. He received the deed to his ancestral home. The mansion was now his to do with as he pleased. He decided he would like to live there. On the day he moved in, he unlocked the front door and stepped into the dusty old mansion. It was filled with antique furniture and priceless heirlooms. He wandered through the halls, admiring the paintings of his ancestors that adorned the walls. That night, after going through the house, Ellison took a flashlight and decided to explore the large marble structure that lay behind the house. It was a family mausoleum and generation mm -hmm. after generation mm -hmm, of Eldridge's had been buried there. When he entered, Ellison saw that the mausoleum contained all of his ancestors, stretching back over 400 years. There were separate chambers and in each of them, there was a coffin containing the mouldering body of a distant dead relative. As the days passed by, Ellison found himself visiting the mausoleum again and again. It was quiet and peaceful there. He liked the idea that this was the place where he would be buried when he died. One evening, he was shocked to discover that one of the coffins had been opened. It was the coffin belonging to his uncle Ambrose. When he lifted the lid and peered inside, he saw something that sent a chill right through him. The old man's coffin had been desecrated and his body had been mutilated. His torso had been ripped open and most of his guts were missing. Parts of his flesh had been torn away. All over his skin were the unmistakable marks of human teeth. <laughs> it was almost too terrible to believe someone or something had been feasting on him. Ellison was horrified. He ran back to the mansion and called the police. A few minutes later, two policemen arrived and took a look around. After asking some questions, they shrugged their shoulders and told him there was nothing they could do. 
The next morning, I listened to, I know. Maybe investigate. Yeah. We kicked over a few things and we're like, I don't know. You probably got like a hungry homeless person nearby. I don't know. It's 11.45. I clock off at 12. What more do you want? So the next morning, Ellison drove into town. He went to a local hunting supply shop and bought an enormous steel trap. Big enough to catch a human being. It's going to be fucking big. It's going to be big enough to catch a human. He brought it home and placed it in the tomb, setting the trap near the entrance so that the big steel teeth would immediately snap shut on anyone who trespassed. He returned to the mansion and went to bed, falling into a troubled sleep. At some point during the night, he was awakened by the sound of movement outside. He scrambled out of the bed, grabbed his flashlight and went to check if anything had been disturbed. When he got to the mausoleum, Allison shone his flashlight around. He saw that the steel trap had been carefully moved away from the entrance. Stepping inside, he discovered that his uncle's coffin had been opened again and more of the body had been devoured. One of the eyes was missing and the other was hanging from its socket. Most of the flesh had been stripped from the face, exposing the skull underneath. Somehow, the ghoul had gotten to the body again. Ellison immediately ran back to the mansion and called the police. He informed them about what had happened and demanded that they do something about it. The next day, two policemen were assigned to guard the mausoleum. That night, while the policemen were walking around outside in the cold, patrolling the grounds, Ellison was sitting by the fireside reading a book. After a while, he began to doze off. All of a sudden, he was awoken by the sound of shouting, and when he opened his eyes, he found himself blinking in the glare of a flashlight. Ellison looked around. He was in the mausoleum. The policemen were standing at the door, shining their flashlights on him. Their faces were grim. He looked down and realised he was standing over the coffin of his Uncle Ambrose. What's going on? He tried to say, but there was something in his mouth, something soft and chewy. To his horror, he realised in his hands, he was clutching the half-eaten remains of the human heart. What the fuck? He was the demon. So he was like, nice walking, sleeping, eating his uncle. I love it. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. He essentially rang the guards on himself, though. Yeah, he ran himself out. <laughs> Could you imagine ringing back and being like, oh, so it turns out, actually, no, it's totally wrong. No, no need to look into that any further. But oh, I think <laughs> you waved him away with your uncle's hand. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All good here now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's our two for this week. And um, we'll be back at you again for our was this gonna be our final trick-or-treat, or do we have two more? I think it's our final. Yeah. Finale. Yeah. I do enjoy these when they come around. Yes. And this week is trick-or-treat Sunday because of me. So I appreciate everyone. We have trick-or-treat things to do with our lives, people. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so we will be back on Thursday, we promise. <laughs> yes, for the best one yet. Or, oh, God damn it. It's going to be great. Yeah, epic. So we will see you soon. And make sure to follow us on Instagram with on because you're home with an underscore in between each word. I just can't seem to say it anymore. 
we're done people we're done if you don't know by now you don't know <laughs> um and you can listen to us on most podcast platforms um and the ones that can rate and review do a rate and review if you like if you don't like tell a friend because that's how things get done in this world yes thank you so much bye guys bye